podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap. After Liverpool have been beaten by three goals to one by Real Madrid in the Champions League final, the Anfield Wrap supported this year by Redsbet. Fifty uh, percent of their profits. Uh, that means that the, the, the losses of the person who gambles go to support related causes. Uh, but if you are going to gamble, please do so with them. But please also do so responsibly. Uh, BeGambleAware.org. Uh, with me, I've got Josh Sexton. I've got Gareth Roberts, Ian Ryan, and John Jones. We are in the back of a bus. At the back of the bus, still on our way home. Uh, we're approaching Dortmund, uh, which seems an appropriate place to start Josh Sexton we're approaching Dortmund but before I get absolutely stuck in we might do this show in two parts because we might stop so I'm bringing the opening question back for this one what was your favourite service station on this trip um, it was probably the one where we were playing football until Craig Hannon kicked it on the roof for the, for the couple of minutes that we got of, of sheer ecstasy of being able to boot the ball against a massive subway billboard was a, was a load of fun until like I say Craig Hannon ruined it so I'll go with that one I have no idea where it was to be honest Neil but that's, was, that's my oh, choice well, I, think, I think that was in Poland Josh that yeah. one uh, my favourite, I like that one as well. I think that was quite a nice one, quite well kept. You know, a couple in Germany <laughs> that have been well kept, and uh, you know, you, there's been varying qualities in, in some of the hot dogs that I've seen some of you eating. Uh, varying qualities in toilets as well, and, and toilet roll offering. Um, it's been huge variance in that, hasn't yeah, it? Mate? I mean, I actually had a poo in the dark, but you know, let's not go down that road. Um, Feels like a cover of the Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it, it has been it has been a tour of uh, of Europe's garages. Uh, I, I, I quite like the one in Ukraine where Craig found out he was a millionaire. You know that was quite funny. <laughs> uh, he had had all this Ukrainian money. He's no idea why he's got that much. Uh, it seems to get you a long way in Ukraine, and so he, he knew he couldn't do anything with it once he was outside the country because it's a closed currency. So he bought everything in the garage, <laughs> uh, which was a bold move. You know, even like bucket and spade, <laughs> uh, the Velcro thing that you throw the ball at that game. Uh, every spirit under the sun it seemed crisp chocolate beer water and he's still got some left indeed indeed he really has every time he tries to spend that ukrainian money it comes back to him john what was yours um just for the absolute relief i think it was for one in i think it was poland where we'd been hanging on for two two hours and, and just the absolute relief was was quite breathtaking <laughs> the so, absolute uh, yeah so that one okay ian I'm gutted Robbo stole mine because mine was going to be the Craig Hannon one as well as it will now be known the yeah. Craig Hannon service station. I think it's because he owns it. When he realised he's the third <laughs> richest man in Ukraine, which is fantastic news for him, and the bucket and spade story will never be beaten. Okay, okay, right. So we've had a lovely trip. We're going to start off though with the serious football. And the serious football is to talk about Liverpool losing in the Champions League final. Uh, we'll come back to talk more about the trip as it wears on. But we're going to start with that Champions League final. And I think one of the things that. You know, we've got a lot of time on the coach since the match and we quite deliberately we did the post-match show and we quite deliberately not done anything else and one of the reasons why was to think about it and sort of rest on it and see little bits and pieces and Gareth my first thing to take from it is reflecting back we're the better side for half an hour we are the better side until Salah goes off you know I've seen little bits as I've read little bits I've looked into it the stats all point to it we it was a really mature Liverpool performance. It wasn't. It wasn't hell for leather. You felt as though we were winding up towards something. It's one of the reasons why there is understandable frustration about him going off injured. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he started well, and, I, and that's what I wanted to see early. I, I mean, I think one of the concerns when we, you've got a fairly young side like we have done, like we have, is that you know they freeze, that they don't perform, that they get a bit of stage fright. And early on, you saw there was none of that. You know, early on you saw that they were ready to have a go, and they did have a go, and they were the better side. And I'm, I'm with you, and you know, not not sort of like ripping up trees, but enough there to suggest, yeah, we're in this. We've got a chance. We're doing all right. Um, they're not going to lose their heads. 
Um, and just, yeah, little signs that, you know, we could go on and win that. And then I think, you know, the, the injury to Salah is massive. I think it's a big boost to them. It's a big knock to us. I think it deflated the fans as well in that you knew we didn't have anyone approaching his quality on the bench. And then, you know, you see Lalana come on and with the best will in the world, you know, he's not got the minutes in his legs. He's not fit, basically. Um, and I think most of us thought, well, I'm just not sure about the influence he's now going to have on the match. So, you know, psychologically, that was a huge blow for everyone. And I think it, it panned out in the football you saw from then on. But, you know, Previous to that, I think I think Trent has an effort, doesn't he, in that first half an hour, and I can remember everyone going mad for that. And, and you know, it wasn't that close to being a goal or anything, but it was a bit like, yes, you know, well in lads, you've started well, you know, you, you've done well, you've come to a final, you come all this way, and you're performing well against the side with good players in it. And I, you know, of course, we'll never ever know when all the rest of it. And we just have to like it all up and about the results in the end, but. I'd, I, I don't know, I think you'll always look back to an extent and go, well, what would have happened if, if Mo had stayed on the pitch? Yeah, I echo a lot of Robbo's comments there. I think, if I'm being totally honest, whilst I agree, I thought we were the better team, I think if you look at stats, it backs up that in terms of where we were in and around their final third, more shots, more times in their box. I want us to maybe start with a little bit more intensity and almost bring our very, very best version of Liverpool Football Club that we've seen this season in some of European games and almost frighten Real Madrid in the first kind of 10 or 15 minutes and just see what they were made of, just see whether they could have handled it. As it happens, you know, you know, if Jürgen was sitting here now, he'd say, well, we were a better team for 25 minutes and that's all I was going to ask for my lads. The Salah thing is, I was standing next to you, Neil, and as soon as that, that happens, on about 25, he goes down for the first time, then he tries to carry on, but he can't. There was like a collective slump, you know, not only from the fans inside the ground, I suppose a little bit understandably so for a few minutes, but I thought the players as well took it really, really hard. And, you know, Robbo's touched on it there, Adam Lallana comes on. We got exposed a little bit in terms of, we've been walking this tightrope around the front three and all of a sudden we're exposed in a really, really crucial moment of the season. Lallana comes on, he's all endeavour, but he's got no minutes in his legs and he's asked to play 60 minutes and it looked like probably 40 minutes too long, if I'm honest. Did you, Ian, you mentioned the us. I think the key thing of, of what him going off does is what it does for them, because I think they've been, they've been, I think they've gone into the game in a very sort of, they've had the experienced approach and they've thought, one, these will give you a chance, two, let's not do anything daft, three, let's see if we can win it from the bench. And I think that's what, the, I genuinely think that's how they've could have decided to approach it. And then that changes, I think, as soon as Salah goes off, whether it's their manager, whether it's their players, whether it's both, and it always is in these instances, they decide, we can get at these. Well, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also think we then sit off a little bit as well and probably drop five or ten yards you know, deeper, which suddenly allows players like Modric and Cruz to get on the ball. You know, if you look at our midfield three, you know, again, work rate, couldn't fault them. But then in terms of us being the threat, there was a, a lack of, I suppose, composure on the ball. Someone wanted to get hold of it and, and do something positive with it. I have to say, our back four throughout the game I thought was excellent. They stood up to, to nearly every challenge and you couldn't really point your fingers at any of the back four in terms of, you know, there was blame anywhere. I thought Lovren, I thought Trent, Robertson, Van Dijk, every single one of them stood up. Um, but unfortunately, Madrid started to turn the screw and it, it felt like it was go one-way traffic. Uh, on the idea that we get ourselves, we get ourselves into it. Into it. 
I think we're trying to get off time, and I think that you know if you tell the story of the game, Josh, one of the things that then happens is I think we're trying to get off time, and I'm fine with that. You know, we've we've had a bit of a shock that, that, that our, our leading scorer has gone off injured. We're just thinking let's just get the half, and I think that that's perfectly all right. It's then we I think we do that reasonably well. They're relatively well contained. It's then how quickly after that that we we, we get ourselves we, we don't come out second half and look significantly better firstly and then secondly there's the first daft goal. Yeah, I think I think I was the same in the stands to be honest, Neil. When I when I was looking at it from from about 30 minutes on, I was just thinking if we get to the half, but I imagine Real Madrid would have would have sort of been thinking the same. They're thinking well that their their main threat's gone off now. If we get to half time, sort of have, have a word with ourselves and then as you said before, try and win it from the bench, un, unleashing Bale and whoever else they can bring on. All all the stars have got in 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 reserve there. Then I think they thought the same, but. Just to touch back on the Salah point, I think one of the main things heading into the game was that we thought that Salah would be able to get at, get at Real Madrid on their left-hand side with Marcelo bombing forward, and I think Salah did have him pinned back for a certain certain degree of the game, and, and he, he wasn't able to get forward, and then as soon as Salah went off, that all changed, and all of a sudden Trent has more to do, and there's, there's, there's all sorts of knock-on effects of that. Midfield is having to cover a cross, means we carried, exactly, we carried less, exactly, being able to close yeah. them down in the middle. And Lallana coming on for him, I, I think I've talked some shows before about the average positions this season, with Salah being the highest up, I don't think Firmino's going to push any higher, so naturally Lallana's going to come behind Mane so then you've got a front three who are probably 30 yards further away from goal than you actually want them to be because because your main threat's gone off I think there was getting to half time John I was thinking well we've got there you know that was the first that felt like it was the first barrier to overcome and that that's not been bar maybe the Man City away game that's not sort of been the way you've thought about this Liverpool side all season all the way through the season you've always thought at any point it could explode into life and that was that was concerning for me in the ground thinking even though I was happy to get to half time, even though it was a bit of a damage limitation, let's just get to the break. It still, it still made you think, oh God, we're not quite ourselves now. No, but it was it was a great response from us. I thought, you know, because when obviously Mo goes off, that's like the big turning point for me. Because like you said before, we were building. You know what I mean? And, and normally from like 20 minutes onwards, that period is when we normally start turning the gears. But um, yeah, that, that, that was the turning point for me. But I was I was happy that they got back in it because the the one thing I was worried about with Madrid was their experience. And um, to be honest, that's what showed in the end, um, barring the mistakes, obviously. But um, but yeah, losing Mo was the, was, the, was the big turning point for me. Um, we've got to we've got to talk about the mistakes. We've got to talk about the goalkeeper. There's going to be a lot said about the goalkeeper. There's been a lot said about the goalkeeper. And there's been his own personal response. We'll come on to the post-match response from the Liverpool players in a bit. I want to sort of isolate the game aspects, Gareth. For me, what frustrated me about the error, the first error, I can understand you can get caught occasionally, but I actually thought we'd nearly been caught three or four times uh, with, with Benzema sniffing round him, mm. uh, whoever's furthest forward getting close to him. And I just think that the, the warning signs were there. It was This wasn't isolated, this wasn't a one-off, this wasn't a... It was partly because we do try to play quick, but it wasn't a one-off. No, and it, it, it may be a little bit of nose, a little bit of experience that again. It's like, you know, look, there's no rush across a 90 to win a game, particularly not in a final. And, you know, John mentioned experience there, and I just think maybe there's a lack of experience there. I think we've praised Carriers before for, you know, being, being decent on the distribution, getting us on the front foot. Maybe just, you know, he's just a little bit over eager there to do that. And, and at times, there's nothing wrong with taking a little bit out the game and just a little bit of a bounce of the ball, a little bit of a look around, a little bit of, okay, we're doing all right, we're just in the game, let's see how we go. And it's just, you know, it's an agency that didn't need to be there, really. And, he, and he's caught, and it is soft. Um, it is a mistake that obviously devastates him. I mean, what is it mentioned about his performance at all now? 
so that he makes a couple of decent saves across the 90 um, and that's not mentioned whatsoever but you know it's obviously overshadowed by the mistakes but on you know on what's happened and then the fallout of it I just I, I don't think he needs to be apologising because he's playing football and you make mistakes in football and we all go to games week in week out because we know mistakes happen mistakes happen at every single level of football and okay you can say with, with good reason now I'm, I'm just not sure that he's good enough to be Liverpool's goalkeeper I want to see a different number one all perfectly reasonable but to absolutely slaughter him and to be typing death threats in and all that kind of stuff get a grip it's a game of football it's a game of football and mistakes happen and then mistakes happen in every single profession across the country no matter how many you know, times you've been doing it we're all human we're all fallible we all make mistakes and to absolutely slaughter them and for him to be apologising both of those things for me are unnecessary and you know I actually had someone and I can't believe it I'm, I was stunned by it and this is why I was going back to him and I won't name his name but I'm, I'm happy for, to say it happens and he might be listening and I'll tell him again to get a grip we actually got a message saying that we, we as the Anfield app are some kind of fan representative that we don't really claim to be anyway, we're just us. Um, he actually asked for us to launch a petition to get Carrier sacked from the club. And I, I, I was gobsmacked. I'm gobsmacked that that's anyone's reaction to watching that match because what do you want him... You might say he's not good enough for Liverpool, you want to see a goalkeeper. I've just said that that's fair enough. I'm saying you want him sacked and you want us as a fan group to force that to happen. No, absolutely not. That's not what we're in it for. We've got a manager, we've got a director of football, we've got a team around those people that make the football decisions. We're fans, we're supporters. And if you want to launch petitions and you want to you know, get on the front foot about things, do it when it's worthwhile, when it's something that needs fighting for. A goalkeeper's future is not that. You know, Jürgen Klopp is capable of making a decision. You might say he's shown too much faith. He'll know that, and he'll go out and buy a goalkeeper. And then we'll need to sell Carrius if we're moving him on. And launching petitions and basically saying he's crap and further ruining confidence that's already on the floor. What's the point in that? It's couldn't agree more with that, Ian. And it's, it's part of something which, you know, to talk about the third and leap ahead, it's terrible technique from a goalkeeper's point of view. It's, it's heartbreaking for him. And it's any hope we had to get him back into it is killed in that minute and you know across the board it is it's going to go down as a historically bad Champions League performance I mean it is worth pointing that out it's not like he doesn't know it's absolutely crystal clear there's the thing in the start of the Psy Hughes article about the reaction of his mother and of his girlfriend that the pair of them are in tears and Klopp's wife is trying to comfort them he himself is clearly devastated as he comes off you know these are these are criminal errors I think you know and I, I want to talk a little bit about the Ramos elbow that he gets in a minute but they really are both of them absolutely shocking what I will say on the first one is he is just trying to move it quick and you can argue he's a bit unlucky in that you can argue that he can that Benzema can do Benzema's not Benzema's just trying to block it and go from there in that he could block it go from there and it could just trickle out for a goal kick do you know what I mean and it, yeah. it ends up in the back of the net now I'm still saying it's not good enough don't get me wrong but it is all it, that could just be if that just goes to the other side of the post we're saying God he's had a let off there do you know what I mean and most of the time goalkeepers get a let off in that scenario I think it's hard to think of two worse errors in such a game of of such importance as the ones we witnessed Carrius make I think the first one's interesting I mean, you touched on it before Neil in terms of taking maybe one or two risks Graham Hunt has done a piece today for ESPN and he, he speaks about the cleverness of someone like Benzema and I agree you know that the, the main point of this is that it's a horrendous mistake by Carrius but actually Benzema you know as, as Graham Hunter alludes to you know great players 
don't take a breath when the ball's dead. They are always alive to any situation, trying to turn it to their kind of advantage. And that's what ben, Benzema does. He's always waiting for that that tiny opportunity. And if it was at the other end and Bobby had done it to Navas, we'd be, we'd be praising it. So, you know, fair play to the forward there. But ultimately, it's a huge mistake that you, you'd struggle to kind of understand it if you saw it at Sunday League level. And I don't want to destroy the lad because... He's fronted up after the mistake and he's come to Liverpool fans at the end and that takes guts. He's a 24-year-old lad at the end of the day and that takes heart, it takes guts. But ultimately, I think what we're looking at now is a lad who is entering a real period of uncertainty in terms of his future. The third goal, I mean, you wonder what the first goal has on him from a mental point of view because he's fragile and he makes that mistake. He knows he's made a, one hell of a mistake. The second goal's gone in by then, so he knows Liverpool are up against it. And I think that almost plays into what happens with the third. And we've seen other goalies do it. Listen, Minnie did it at Arsenal this season. So really good shout. So it's happened. But, again, it's it's a horrendous error. And you, you do feel for the lad. But that doesn't help us. And I think the manager now has to look at it. And like he did when Van Dijk, you just can't cut corners sometimes. And now I think Liverpool Football Club have to go and show some, some real bottle and say, right, we're going to go and spend big on a goalkeeper. And let's fix this position. Because let's be honest, it's needed sorting for a long time now. It, what it does is it undoes all his good work, John. Uh, and he's not he's not been he's not he's not been impeccable in the last the, the last few months. But what he's been is he's been part of a defence you've watched improve, part of a team performance you've watched improve, and you've seen him be at the centre of that. And it hasn't just undone all of that good work. It's given him an even bigger you know it gives him an even bigger bigger issue now to get beyond because let's say the manager does stick with him and then we're, we're talking about a League Cup final hypothetically speaking and he's starting in that League Cup final and you know it'll be the conversation it'll be in every I mean, and if it's in our heads it's in his head and if it's in our heads it's in Dejan Lovren and Virgil van Dijk's head do you know what I mean I, I, it really does it gives everyone a massive problem and it does undo and, and, and further damage any, any work that's gone on Exactly, and it's going to get brought up every time we're in a final if he's the goalie. You know, they're, they're going to say, is he going to bottle it again? Or in a bit, any big game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, he's, he's done all right since Christmas, since he's come in. I think he's all right. But fundamental errors in big games, and, and we've lost the final. I mean, going back to when David James was in goal, I, he, he was persevered with for far too long, and it cost us how many titles, do you know what I mean? So, I think... Like Ian said, I think, I think they've just got to go out and just say fix the position, get someone top top uh, top quality. It it's a big one for Klopp this, Josh, because you know the errors, the errors, and we don't really need to describe them and absolutely hammer them to death. But what strikes you is he's he's persevered with players. So I, for instance, thought that was it for Lovren after Spurs yeah, away. I thought that was it. I thought that we're not there's there, there's no there's little coming back from that. And there'll be some big calls made, and he'll go from there. And the manager didn't do that. He did. He did almost the opposite. He gave him a couple of weeks of, of a bit of a break, and then he's brought him back. And I thought that you can argue, you can argue, Lovren's Liverpool's best player in a Champions League final. I don't know if he was, but you can argue it. And he's he's mostly put performances in the meantime. The manager very much believes in his lads, and he believes he believes in people. And I think this is a real. I'm fascinated to know what he does next year. I think there's there's loads of arguments for what Ian's just said in terms of just go spend big, spend your way out of it, box it, move on move on together but that sort of goes against a lot of what he's about and, and you, the players make the same noises post-match about we win together we lose together yeah uh, I think sort of the interesting thing with Lovren is that if I think if he makes a mistake again like he's he's been probably one of Liverpool's best players and probably our most improved player this season but if he makes a mistake again the same argument's going to crop up Klopp is obviously the, the one player that he'd say probably has been ruthless with is Albi Moreno when he has his, his terrible performance in the Europa League final and then from there he's, he's bombed out for James Milner the next season and then he comes back in this season and presses a bit but then he ends up falling out for Andy Robertson but 
I think the win together, lose together thing is, is particularly interesting because with, with Karius' mistake and, and with, the, with the way the rest of the lads played, if, if the team win that game, then, then Karius' mistakes aren't talked about. It's because the team lose that game that, that, that you know that the mistakes are talked about, which is fair enough because of the mistakes that cost us the game. But what you saw in in that instance was was the difference between world class players and 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 not world class players. In a sense, you saw Benzema, as as Ian said before, doing doing something which is very clever and what world class players do. And you saw Carrius doing something which you know players who are a bit young and lacking a bit of experience do. And and the, the maturity thing that you mentioned before is 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 also interesting because. We started off the game with a lot of it, and then as soon as Salah goes off, we seem to lose it all. And I think that's almost embodied in in Carrius in, in his mistakes because he just seems to completely lose all sort of. It's almost like a focus. It's like it's like when he when he did have his head on his shoulders before, he had completely gone by the time he's made the first one. There's there's something in in this Gareth where you'd almost wonder whether or not this isn't just going to be a decision for Klopp and his backroom staff with reference to to Carrius. If there's there's every chance Van Dijk, Lovren. Henderson, Milner, are getting phone calls from the manager in the next week or so to have a chat about it. That you know, because they're the they're the people going to be getting back on the pitch in front of them. And you know, a lot of you get the impression with a fair bit of how Klopp works. It's quite collegiate. You get the impression the dressing room matters to him. Yeah. And for me, you know, where you were saying before about uh, the response of supporters to all of this, I think you've got to back the fellow who's looking at the dressing room and looking at what and the knock-on effect of all of that but, and looking at the individuals if you know what I mean you know I think it's not this isn't as straightforward as, as, as X or Y I think this is it's such a complex decision now for Klopp as to what happens next yeah it's it's not as simple as just saying okay that's it done dusted go and get someone else because you know it, it, it's hard to recruit players I mean you know you talk, you talk about Alisson who they quite clearly have looked at but because of the past very recent past with, with Roma over Mo Salah they're not going to be giving us a bargain again anytime soon, you know, and that's why it hasn't happened already. They, they obviously all agree behind the scenes that he's a good keeper and he'd be worth recruiting. But if they're asking hundreds of millions, then that's a huge hole in whatever budget we've got. We keep saying Liverpool have got money and they've got the they've got the money for Coutinho and all the rest of it. Undoubtedly they have, but they don't just need to improve in one position. They need to improve in a few, and we saw that in the final. In that, you know, they they turn to bail on their bench. We turn to two lads in midfield with no minutes in the legs. So the, the squad needs improving, not just the goalkeeper. And so it's about what's available, who they can get. It's about loads of things that we can never know as well. So like you say, there's going to be lots and lots of conversations. You, you would think there's a conversation with Karius. And, and also, how, like, what do they already know about Karius? Has he got mental strength? Has he got the capability? Has he got the resilience to come through this and emerge to the other side and, and show the talent that's got him to Liverpool in the first place, presumably? Um, it might be now that they say, well, this is one time too many because the reason he was dropped out the spotlight once before was because of mistakes and because of the media started highlighting it and everything else. And, you know, we had a bit of a pop, didn't he, Klopp? Had the likes of Neville and things like that highlighting him on Monday Night Football. Well, this well that may make Klopp go the other way and then he'll go, I'm not going to give up on this lad. Do you know what I mean? Like Klopp is, be, Klopp yeah. in the book with Honigstein, there is a bit of a, you know, we don't like we don't like to discard players just off the back of it. We just because one person says he's shit and something happens, you know, mistakes happen. I mean, I think it's re- I think it's really interesting in terms of literally what he does because you've seen so much of what he believes in. And also he can say, well, and it's also what I believe in that's got us to this final. Yeah, absolutely. It's the psychology around it all and it's the spirit that he's generated and it's the way they all feel about each other that's got us there. You're absolutely right. And he's got to continue to foster that and I think he's you know if all of a sudden he's seen to be a fella that you know on the back of of one bad game he's he's kicking you out the club when you know you've actually lit in some good you know 
good marks on your on your report sheet if you like then that might he might judge that as being something that could have end up affecting team spirit negatively I think anyone that he's bombed out so far you can see the justification for it so you know of you know Sacco quite quite clearly broke broke the rules didn't stick with the the team didn't you know spoke out of turn broke the rules etc and was gone you know Coutinho as well when more information emerged about that the fact that he's actually sort of actively recruiting a couple of players and saying you know they're not letting me go here well, that's the end of him then, isn't it? Because yeah. you're, you're properly upsetting the bond between everyone. So I guess he's got he's got to stick his finger in the air and and assess the mood in the camp. And if they go, as you say, if they go, he's been all right, you know. And we like playing with him, and he's good in training. And it was just one of those days. And okay, it was the biggest of days. Then maybe he sticks with him. But also, the sticking with him is going to depend on who they can potentially recruit. Because we've seen that he waited for Van Dijk. He doesn't want second choice and that sort of stuff. Everyone knows who like probably the two best goalkeepers are in the world right now. But are they available to Liverpool? Have Liverpool got the money? Do those two fellas want to come and play for Liverpool? And it's all like just going, oh, just make it happen. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. And and if, if Liverpool can't make it happen, they're undoubtedly buying goalkeepers this summer. All the reports already say so. One saying today, as many as three goalkeepers could be recruited because Mignolet looks absolutely gone. Um, who's the other fella? The one who's that? Danny Ward. Danny Ward's gone. And, and, and again, no surprise because he didn't get a sniff. So there's two gone. So, you know, there is that possibility, but at the same time, we all want another attacking lad. We all want maybe cover our defence. We all want a lad up front because we didn't have a lad up front to turn to that he trusted in a Champions League final. So, plenty of other places we need to spend money, not just on goalkeepers. So, it's going to have to be a judgment call. Moving along, there's a lot of controversy over the performance, the actions of Ramos. My first one of this, Johnny, is I think I think it's a foul on on Salah. I think the idea he's legitimately trying to absolutely take him out of the game. To me, he's trying to stop him from getting past him. Uh, I don't think you know, and I think that there's he's trying to leave one on him, um, but trying to stop someone from getting past you by fouling them and trying to leave one on someone has been part of football f- forever. Uh, I think that's got to be said. The one that for me it should have been looked at and should have been dealt with is the elbow on the goalkeeper, where the ball's nowhere near. And for me, there's there's one there that's a foul. It might be a yellow. Um, we're just dead unlucky, and Salah's just dead unlucky. And maybe you can say Madrid are lucky, uh, but he knows exactly what he's doing when he goes and elbows the goalkeeper in the face. He does, and it, you know it's scandalous. You now all, all the petitions and everything, and all that. That's, that's a load of bollocks. But um, but I actually thought that one was was terrible. You know what I mean? It's how does he get away with that? You know, there's that many. I think he's so late, no one's looking. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because all, all of our players have got the backs turned. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, it, I don't know whether it had anything to do with it, whether it knocked his confidence or whatever. But you know, the mistakes happened after that. He gets a bit shaky. Whether it affected him, I don't know. Um, the Salah one, um, he's he, he's done it before. He's got previous. You know what I mean? He's he done the exact same thing last year. Um, so he knew exactly what he was doing. I've not actually seen it live, but I've sort of read about it. And he said he sort of spun when he went down. And that's, that's just intentional. But on the other hand, if we had him, he'd be made up. You know, if Carragher did that to someone, he'd be made up. So, I don't know. You're just trying to stop the player, I think, Ian. He's just trying to stop the player. The lad's gone and he's thinking, I've got to make sure he doesn't go any further. It's a yellow, uh, and it's a deliberate sort of impeding of a player. Um, and he knows how to make it look like it's, a, it's not a yellow or like it's a little bit mucky and it's a little bit of this. He's, it, that's where it's dark arts. But it's, it's, it, if it's well refereed, it's just a yellow card. I think you've got to, you've got to go down that route. Yeah, it's a, yellow, it's a yellow card if it's refereed well. I think we're talking about a player now who's probably one of the most cynical 
of a, of a generation. You know, he, he's, he's done it year in, year out. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but he's one of those lads. If he plays for you, you probably absolutely love him. I think he's also thinking as well. You know, if Liverpool, if Salah can get up, if, you know, if we can take a quick free kick, we're four on two there with Real Madrid. So he's also thinking, I don't want this to kind of go any further. I want to stop him. Doesn't get past, and he just breaks play. He's very, very good at it, Neil. He's been doing it for a long, long time. He is, but he's also got a lot of red cards. My point is that he knows the line he walks. It's, it's, he's, he's. We were all saying before the game, he could get sent in this. There was every chance he could get sent. And my thing is. There's still every chance he could have got sense. You know what I mean? If you're going to walk that line, it's, it's a gamble. And if it's a gamble you choose to take as a player and you get away with, then you know, you're know you able to say, well, he's got away with it. But my thing is, it's, it is still a gamble. It's still a decision he's making. Of course it is, but he's not going to change now at the age he is. He's been doing it for such a long time. And as I say, anyone who watches Ramos a lot knows what kind of player he is. No referees know what kind of player he is. And he has got a really poor disciplinary record in terms of red cards but he and also still, in big games in big games but he actually also gets away with with loads as well so and I don't know whether that's sometimes a Real Madrid thing in terms of they get more favourable decisions than other teams at the end of the day you know we'll never know whether he, he wanted to put him out the game he, there's a look on his face which kind of the, the big screen catches it and you think that doesn't look great, but I tend to agree with you, Neil. I don't think he's trying to put him off the game, but he is trying to put one on him because he knows he's Liverpool's danger man. A lot's been talked about Salah in the lead up to this game, and Real Madrid players have kind of they don't they know that they've commented on it. Um, it's just from our point of view, it's such a shame for it to happen in, in that way in that football match because I do firmly believe if Salah, Salah stays on, we've got an unbelievable chance of winning that game. It's, we've had eight weeks of watching, I think it's been eight weeks where, at least eight weeks where I've been watching lads really work very, very hard to keep Mo Salah out of a game and yeah. to spend a lot of the time doing it, Gareth, with basically playing on the line. And I think, you know, as I say, the goalkeeper one will come back on to you in a minute. But with Salah, I think he's just another example of someone who's just playing on that line. And maybe we need to get a bit smarter with referees before the match, setting a tone before the match, manager coming out and saying stuff before yeah. the match, Fair doing all of that to say, yeah, to say, don't, don't we, we don't want to see good players kicked out of the game. No, absolutely. Um, you know, that's something Ferguson has done regularly. Wenger's done regularly. And there's two successful managers with long, long reigns at, at good football clubs. And, you know, perhaps there is a thing in that. Um, that he needs to do that. I think I think Klopp doesn't like to talk about refs too much. Although you, you can tell recently he's had to cop on with them, and you know he, he done the thing where he didn't shake the fella's hand, and there's been the penalty issue at Anfield and all that. I, I think as a fan as well that you know I, I come out of that yesterday saying oh, well, I felt like got done a little bit by the ref again there. You know there was a handball there. There's the fact Ramos you know stays on the pitch and there's a play act and it's not challenged and all that sort of stuff. But on, on, on the player himself, I think John touched on it there. You know, Graham Sunis has celebrated for, for chinning a, a fella in Romania. Um, Carragher, everyone seemed to love it when he did Nanny. Um, you know, Stefan Henshaw played as another goalkeeper in a cup final, and we all bust off it and we liked it. I just and think, we still do. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I just think, you know, this is one of those where it hasn't gone our way, and the cry arson about it's awful. The petitions are awful. The continuing moaning and griping about it is awful. It's not for me. Look, you know, I've been having a back and forth with someone on Twitter about it today where I've been sat on this coach and, you know, he wants to sign petitions and that's up to him and apparently 300,000 people have, have signed it. Sign, sign away, but it, it's not going to change anything. He's won the, he's, Ramos won the European Cup. Uh, we haven't. And, you know, you're probably right in that, you know, that's one of the things that maybe a captain should be highlighting, maybe... Most Salah himself should be wafting his arms around and using his mouth a little bit. 
it happens in top level sports it happens all the time the human beings are programmed in different ways and some will use different tactics to win um, and as you say no surprise for to see Ramos doing that kind of stuff he's been doing it all his career at his prime at his peak I would have loved him for Liverpool there's something in the, the, the crisis of officiating in that when when Ramos is properly officiated, as I've said before, started this, he's, he's got a record of getting red cards. You know, he gets, and he knows the line. That's the thing. The thing is, he knows that he's because he's got the experience of that. It's not like he's getting away with it. For me, forget the Salah one. I am trying to say, Josh. You know, it's a bit of a mucky one. There's no reason whatsoever for what he does to the goalkeeper. The ball's nowhere near it. It's a completely dead issue. It's all, you know, it, it's gone the way in which it's gone, and that's one where. I, I've got sympathy. I've actually got sympathy with the referee in that he's got to look at why the football match is happening, yeah. and he's trying to get on with the football match, and that's happening around him. And it, it's so late, but that's what you know. It's, I don't want this to be at some point over the summer we're going to have a big conversation about VAR. We've not been doing it for a deliberate reason, but at some sort of point, someone's got to help these referees out, or we've got to say there's a crisis in officiating. It's getting too hard. Yeah, I think European refs generally this season, as, as Liverpool fans, we've actually found to be okay. I think it's, it's the English refs we've really had a problem with who perhaps are going into games with a sort of premeditated thought of particular. Anfield thinking oh I'm not going to be tricked by the cop I'm not going to be tricked by these really good footballers and into giving them penalties and I, and I think that that reputation has probably su uh, su succeeded Sergio Ramos at times in his career where perhaps he's where, where, he, where he treads the line and then there's a referee who's going to give it because he knows that Sergio Ramos and his reputation he'd, he'd think he's done wrong but then there'll be also refs who will think well the players the players know what Sergio Ramos does and, and are possibly playing up to that but with both them instances I don't think they are with, with the Salah one it's, it's, it's excessive force is what I'd say when, when you say it's a yellow card I think Possibly, if the referee sees it as, as being any more, if, if, if he maybe is on the other side, I know it's impossible given given the way the play is going. But if it's if it sort of flips around, then I think he could possibly have a red card for, for the excessive force he uses. But but he doesn't like, give a foul. Well, yeah, and like you say with the Carrius one, though, is is that. It's, it's just it's so late that that no one's gonna be able to see it. It's it's one of them things that like like you say you refer back to, and I think that's where the officials do need help. And then the yellow card that he gets Manny booked for, where Manny's nowhere near him, and the referee's looking right at it. And my point about this is that again, if there was someone to say, hang on, just look at the video back on that one, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, the, the, and then by the, that point he's sent off. Is is the other thing, isn't it? But the. the all, all the incidents on an isolated basis, you can probably you can probably make a case for as as being a part of the game or being a part of certain players' games uh, in, in particular. But I think when when you sort of when you add them together, which they were in this game, then 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 they do play an important part in it. They do play an important part in it. We've got ourselves into that situation though, where we were talking before the, about the mistakes that were made. Our response, uh, John, it's 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 pretty impressive actually. In that you know we if it, it's four minutes and in the ground it didn't feel like four minutes. In the ground it felt like about half an hour, yeah. but it was four minutes. And you know you see Milner comes over, he's waving his arms around to get everyone up, screaming at them. And then Lovren does beat Ramos in the air, nods it down, and Mane Mane knocks it home. And all the way through the game, I think it's worth pointing out that you know it's one of the things that has got lost in us talking about other things. Everyone talking about other things is how well Mane played. He deserved that goal. He did. He did, and as I say, it, it, it was brilliant to see the reaction to the Madrid goal because, um, you know, Salah's gone off and um, and the team were down, and then they score. Um, it's a poor goal. Carrius is gutted, and and then they reacted well. It was a, a mature performance. Someone said that before. It was like probably one of the most mature performances we've seen, and um, disciplined in the in the first sort of twenty. Um, 
Yeah, I think Marnes is just one of the players in this game in particular who is playing on edge, and he seems to have been doing it for weeks. There's, there's been times where you've looked at the, at the players, particularly not front three, where they've been a bit tired, and, and they're not really playing like they've got an edge to them. And against Chelsea, Marne was the same. He was he was the only one who was really constantly trying to make things happen and constantly, you know, endeavouring to, to put Liverpool on the front foot. And he was exactly the same in this game, and, and he did deserve the goal because he was he was all over the show, to be honest. And, and you know, for me, for me, you know, I think I do feel a bit sorry for him. I think he has to, he has to have that other player ahead of him, otherwise he's, he's going to look like he's having a bad performance. But Marne, the position he plays now is just crucial to Liverpool. He's got he gets the goal um, and he hits the post uh, as well uh, later on. That comes he's he's. He's really, you know, it, it's it's a step up moment really for him. We all had the chat beforehand and did the the AFQ thing, and I said, which of the three would you move on? I don't want to really ask that question again because it was a, it's you know, it's, a, it's an extreme question. But my point is, is that he's got his goal in the European final, and he's got a performance there that he can build on, and he's probably he's probably got five months Mane that he can genuinely build on and look at next season as one where he can he, he can absolutely I think run rough shot for this Liverpool side. I totally agree with that. I think Mane's performance itself I mean it was really good and I think a lot got spoken about if Marnie played well I think you said it Neil if Marnie gives a 9 out of 10 Liverpool have got a really really good chance of winning this football match what you're not accounting for is that you also lose one of your other front three and all of a sudden you know Madrid can't and can, you can see two daft goals and you can see two daft goals which no one's obviously going to going to account for but if you've got that other player if you've got that other Marnie or that other Salah who can come on and impact on the game it's so much harder for Real Madrid to contain Liverpool, but they know they can focus their attention on Firmino. They know they can focus their attention on Mane. Lallana's not going to run behind anyone. In fact, his impact on the game was was really poor. And I don't want to don't want to get the lads back too much because he's missed a lot of football. But we touched off it on air. You do start to to wonder what his impact now is on this Liverpool team, where he fits in. Now we kind of what role what role has he got? You know, in a Jurgen Klopp side that relies so much on full throttle and pace and and movement and you look at Lallana now you think are the injuries taking a toll possibly so I think Marnie now and I've mentioned it on another show is that we, we we got him on a real upper trajectory got him at a really really good time he has a little bit in the season where maybe his form dips a little bit but maybe not quite as much as some people said but his performances in recent months have been outstanding and you do feel for him because if there's a player who's deserved it over recent months to be part of a winning team in the European Cup final, Mane's that guy. Yeah, I think I think with, with Mane there was there was concerns and they, and they were they were deserved concerns really. And you know, you, everyone always says that a bit of a pinpoint for that was was the game against Everton and you know that that miss that where he could have squared and then he's laughing. You know, probably on reflection, it's like a nervous laugh. He knows that what, what he's done wrong there, and he did have a bad time. And I think where what he's got to do is. What you're saying, Neil, he's got to build on a certain patch of, of form that we saw there. Because I think if you watch the very best, so if you watch, like how in our league, you know, whatever you think of Chelsea this season, Hazard's still one of the best players in the league. And every time I watch Hazard, I'm like, scores a minute, consistently good, always a threat, always beating a man, always getting shots off, always scoring goals, always influential. And I don't think you can say across the course of the season that that was always the case for Mane. Later in the season, in this purple patch he had, yeah. So that's what he, he needs to find a way to repeat that form over and over and become that player, become the hazard level player. Right now, he's not that. 
but he, you know he's still a player he can get behind. He's got the endeavour. He's got he, he's got the efforts. He's never shied away. He's never got a cob on too much. There was little signs of that for a while. I mean, I think we've got it. Got to put it into the context as well that he's moved position. You know, he's moved position for Hugely. Salah, um, and, and so you know, essentially a new position, and yet still posted decent figures for the season. Scored in a Champions League final and, and was probably Liverpool's biggest threat there. So you know, plenty to build on for him, and, and still a good age player to get better. I sort of wonder whether whether he's seeing the sort of side effects of a, of a Liverpool side that have become a lot more uniform because of what I think about Mane when I talked about him being on edge before is that he seems to play at his best when Liverpool are almost at their most sort of mad and, and Liverpool in this game were mad but probably in the wrong sense everything going forward was just, just seemed a bit too uniform except for when Mane managed to get a hold of it and I think earlier in the season when, when, when Firmino and Salah were, were taking all the headlines it's because they're so much a part of the system they're so much of the sort of uniformity as Liverpool side that scoring goals them just completely regular but then Sadio Mane someone who, who likes it? Likes everything to just sort of go a bit wild for a bit, and someone who likes putting edge so much that he sort of suffered from that. But um, the period after we go one-one, John, I think that Madrid really do well, and I think that if they've got a bit where they're able to say that they've won the game without talking about the brilliance of Bale, which we'll come on to in a sec, I think they really guide their way through that little bit. What they don't do is they just stop any any way in which we can get ahead of steam up. They play pretty safe, and I think this is back to the experience point. I think again that'd be. That'd be a lot easier for us if Salah was on the pitch in that if you're trying to do what you're trying to do there and we nick it back, we've got a big ball over the top and you've got to think about that. So you've got to drop 20 yards, at which point you can't just sort of take the time out. You know what I mean? All these things are interrelated, but you've got to take your hat off to them there. If there's an area of the game where you've got to take your hat off to them, it's that period. That's it. And it, again, it was the thing, the one thing we were fearful of was, was their experience against our sort of, maybe, I don't know if it's naivety, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think Madrid just just almost did what they be, did best do best. Sorry, in in that moment, is you know you knew going into this game what Madrid were going to bring, and I think a lot of that is is sort of organising. Klopp called it before the game organised chaos, but I think it's just more so weighted on the organisation side of it. And I think you saw that after we scored, is that where the game sort of threatened to take off, and, and Liverpool perhaps threatened to you know start giving themselves a shout in the game again. They they just sort of calmed it all down and started to really play it on their terms, and then. As you mentioned before, they're looking to win off the bench. They were in the perfect perfect position to do that because they could have let Liverpool run away with the game early on and then by the time they bring on Bale, he's, he's an absolute nothing substitution. But, but at the time they bring him on, he's, he's completely crucial to it, obviously in the two goals he scores, but also the timing of it is so so important because they, they've now established their foothold in the game and they've, they've now got control of Liverpool. They're back on top, they're setting the tempo and doing the passing. There's goals. There's goals that you concede. There's goals that you score. There's goals that you concede, Gareth, which feel like they feel like they can for two, and they take a bit of they take a bit of, of dealing with. And I think, I think Liverpool basically managed to across the course of this game in different ways. They conceded three goals that all felt like they counted for two, yeah. because of the, the 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 depth of the error uh, on two of them. And but, the quality on the other one. And that's the thing. The thing is that when that goes in, it almost takes five minutes for everyone on the ground to sort of get over it. Not just Liverpool, really. I got the even sense Madrid a bit with a bit like, whoa, what about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an absolutely amazing goal. It's, it's one of the, you know, I've been going to football for a long time, watched a lot of games, and that's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Um, the technique, the, the thought to even try it, and then where it ends up in the goal. It's all absolutely spot on, and it's just one of them goals where you just got to take your ass off and say wow. And then, and I, I actually think you know what, what you're talking about there about the sort of stages of the game and where it went. I, I think if you could sit down with Zinedine Zidane, this is, it was pretty much how we wanted it to go in terms of it getting to a certain stage, which is hopefully being ahead and then being able to turn or, or being level and then being able to turn to Gareth Bale and like you know say what you want about him. He's still an absolutely quality player. Walks back in the Premier League for me. If anyone wants him, I'm sure. They do, um, 
and yeah, to be able to do that, well, how many you know how many players are kicking around who can do that? Who'd even try that in a Champions League final? And yet you're right, you know, the, to make such a silly error for the first one, it's like, oh my god, to, to concede a goal like that, you're like, it's, it's oh my god, for a different reason. In in that, you just all of a sudden going the quality of these, the quality of these, and then you're looking at our bench and you're looking at the sub we've already made and the subs we can potentially make. You're looking at the fact that Ings isn't even there. Um, you're looking at the, the only other striker then is Solanke. It was inexperienced, and, and all, all of a sudden you're just going, you know, psychologically they're all huge blows. And I think you're right to say that they, they just sort of managed it through stages, Madrid. I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying why it's really hard to take is that Madrid didn't play that well in, in inverted commas. And then I would say, well, they probably managed it exactly how they were told to manage it. it it's not about playing like Brazil 1970 week after week. It helps if you can do that every now and again, obviously. Sometimes just managing games through periods, getting goals at crucial times, you know, booting the best player on the other side off the pitch, if you like, all those things help. And they did it, and they, they were experienced, as John was saying there, that shone through. And but, but I still think the experience is great for our players, and I know that sounds mad when you've lost the European Cup final. But you're not telling me that all that, that that's a good thing in a way for Andy Robertson. It's a good thing in a way for Saint Alexander Arnold. They've played in them, you've seen what it's like, they know what it's like, you've seen that experience, that nouse. And maybe at different times at in, in the future, in, in future games, they, they feel a, a similar moment and they're all looking around going, lads, we need to take five, we need to slow this down. Now's the time to go, now's the time to stay, now's the time to sit on your ass for a team like 10 minutes when Ramos did that. You know what I mean? All of those things will, will go into their heads, will seep into their consciousness and, and maybe you know we'll see the benefits of that in the future. I think what Ramos said there at the beginning is dead interesting. I think Real Madrid do manage the game quite well, but it's my back to my early point of I would have loved to see how they manage the game if they come up against... Liverpool's best version of themselves. What would they have done then? How would they have managed the game then? I think that would have been dead interesting. I think on Gareth Bale, we're talking about when he's fit, an outstanding footballer. He's he's a he's a superb footballer. I remember chatting to you Neil about him before the game, and he was the he was the danger man for me. You know, his form leading up to the game was was superb. He was a real concern. He came into former. The, the, the kind of worst time from a Liverpool point of view and when he doesn't start you're still thinking well he's going to come on and affect it he can easily come yeah. on and affect it. it in terms of that goal I mean I've not seen it back in all its detail but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a 20 pass move it's a 20 pass move the shift in Liverpool all over the place it eventually ends up at Marcelo's feet he gets shifted onto his right but he still puts a decent ball in Gareth Bale describes as a perfect ball but then to have the technique and the athleticism and the guile to be able to hang and, and direct it from where he does, it's it's sensational. You know, you think of great European Cup goals, and you, you immediately think of Zidane's in 2002 against Leverkusen in terms of you know great European goals that have huge impacts on games. Gareth Bale, uh, I mean, you, you, you just can't argue with it. And I think now in terms of where he is as a football, I know, I believe, I think he's got one more goal than Messi in Champions League finals, only one less than Ronaldo, and he's played in less. So he's a big game player, and he certainly comes on. And you just felt when he came on, you thought this could be problems for Liverpool. This could really be problems. How would you handle this guy? And whilst no one kind of shamed themselves on the day, you just felt that they just had the edge, you just had that little extra player, that little bit more quality that could come off the bench. And you're thinking, you're looking at our bench and thinking, we've got nothing like that, well, as you it, said before, Robert. massive as well, isn't it? And that, you know, what, what, why Liverpool have triumphed so often is them little them little bursts of, of energy, them little, where they get a little head of steam off and they steamroll you. And it was almost like 
Madrid knew that. Madrid knew that that's what Liverpool's strength was. So they disrupted, they prevented. He didn't allow us to ever do that. I never really felt like across the 90 that we got that. You know, we, we said before about a decent half hour at the start, and it was decent. It was decent, but it wasn't like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's throttle, is it? You know it's what I mean? And we have that nice, we have a nice little bit after you know we get the equaliser there's a reaction there there's a pride there which was good to see but again it's not quite there and Madrid Madrid's experience shows too my thing on that though is I thought it reminded me of a game of remember the Man City 4-3 where it's 1-1 at half time and we don't we don't blow them away first half the game's just sort of happening you get the impression Man City are trying to manage it you get the impression Liverpool are managing it a little bit and then the explosion does come when everyone's on the pitch and everything everything comes alive and we, in that game we even go 1-0 one, one up with a, with a belter from Alexander Oxlade-Chamberlain but we don't it's not like we capitalise on it we don't double down on it City get the way back into the game they keep the ball away from us and then it was there and the thing is I just don't think in this game at any point they're ever looking at it going it's there and I think that that's, that's what kills them and I think that is why the salad injury is the beginning middle and end of it in that they just, I'm, I'm, but it's not just the salary injury; it's the Lallana replacements. If you replaced Lallana with Mane, sorry, you know, if, if it was Mane two coming on, then I think you could still have that. We haven't got Mane two, even not even Salah. It's not about Salah, so we haven't got Mane two, and I think that's what absolutely kills them, Josh. Is that, you know, and I think that that's I, I do wonder, and you know, we're going to do the review show on tour player. I do sort of wonder if, in hindsight, if you were to ask the manager. And he, he makes you make subs for a variety of reasons, but if you're in hindsight, ask the manager. Was it might, it might have been better just to bring Solanke on and just say we're going to do this and have a physical presence and have someone with pace up top because I think the thing that absolutely kills him is that is that suddenly we're just, we just look one one very very fast intense player short and it might be you know we look a physical presence short and I'd love to know the answer to that you'll never get an honest one but I just do sort of think there's something in the idea that we just found ourselves and it shouldn't be Solanke we all know we've seen the transfer links we're going to come on and talk about that but I just sort of wonder if even if in hindsight he looked at it and went yeah I probably would have been happy with that yeah exactly and it comes back to the point I said before about about where where them players are playing their positions because he brings on Lallana who's who's naturally going to go behind Mane whereas if he brings on Solanke he's, he's genuinely got someone who's who's going to be more around the box and in around the goal and I think Madrid was so comfortable keeping us at arm's length because they knew that they that the players that we had on the pitch would be in front of us would be in front of them sorry at all times and then the only player who actually does break the lines is Mane it's interesting jumping back to what you're saying about City though about the way that they managed the game against Liverpool because the one point where they started to lose it was when they started to try and go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, whereas Madrid, as you and Gareth were saying there, they're not, not classed as a brilliant performance because they don't go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, but they'd have, ne- they'd have never wanted to, Zidane would have never wanted that, and they, and they wouldn't have deserved credit for that because at that point Liverpool would have, would have probably tore into them in, in, in probably two different spells in the game, so... I think they they do it perfectly. City did it perfectly in spells in in the sort of four games that we played in the season, partic- particularly in the earlier one where they where they stop the chances before Mane gets sent off. But once they did start to go toe to toe with us in in the latter three games of the season, then then you saw that Liverpool that that suited Liverpool so much, and and, and you know that Madrid aren't going to go down that route. The goalkeeper ends the game uh, at three-one. I think at that point everyone knows it's gone. Uh, it's going to be difficult for Liverpool to find a way back. It's a game where there's. The explosiveness that you wanted, that you wanted to sort of get, it, it does never come, and it does feel frustrating. And Ian, you do want to see that best version of Liverpool. You want it to get on the pitch. I think there's, it's time to, you know, it, there's, there's there's a bit of some wounds need to be licked a little bit, tiny amounts. Um, and as I say, I'm quite happy to see that they weren't great, but you know, they won the game, uh, and therefore they get to lift the cup, and that's literally how it works. I mean, we've all got to acknowledge that. We could have played brilliantly, and they could still have won the game, they could still lift the cup. We've got to find that sort of, you know, be able to look back on the run now, be able to look back on the experience and say, yep, yeah, it's all a good thing, it's all been a good thing. Uh, next time, we've just got to go that one stage further. I think that's absolutely fair. I thought the in the lead-up to the game, I thought it was dead interesting hearing some of the different views around 
you know, what happens if you win it? What happens if you lose it? Is it the end of the world if you lose it? Well, it's, it's not the end of the world if you lose it. It's a football match. And you, I think fans of this club can see that we are absolutely moving in the right direction, style of play, the manager we've got, the fans are buying into it. That's hugely important. My, my issue with it all, if that's the right kind of words to use, is that I think if we had won, you suddenly catapulted even further. And I think... Become stratospheric. Absolutely. I think it, Liverpool Football Club with Jürgen Klopp in charge is a big powerful thing anyway let's have it right but Liverpool Football Club with Jürgen Klopp in charge and you're the champions of Europe becomes something totally different and that was what I wanted to say I wanted to kind of drive on and, and go that little bit further and all of a sudden other players you know journalists other clubs whatever you want to say they might look at Liverpool and say wonderful team great manager good fans big European knights but they're not winning anything and that's not necessarily what I'm saying but other people might look at it like that but if you put that one in the cabinet, then other players are going, Jesus Christ, the manager they've got, the fans they've got, the club, and they go and win European Cups. I want a piece of that. But doesn't, isn't this where it helps that the defeat, the defeat against Madrid? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if you're looking at it, because not everyone can play for Madrid, number one. Number two, you know, everyone's able to go, well, that's just what Real Madrid do now. The three on the bounce, it's not just us that they've done yeah, that to. 100%. And that's not me in any way kind of making this a negative thing. I think the manager's done. He's done so well, he's done so well, and you, you can't underplay that. To get to a European Cup final has exceeded expectation by so much. We, we never thought we'd be there, but that's not to say that we, we shouldn't think we could get there next season. And I think all I'm saying is, exactly, it's just a case of so near yet so far kind of thing. You, you just think if you, if you put that one to bed, it just takes the pressure off. And we, we know what winning tournaments and trophies can do for football teams you can look at it in recent history when Mourinho comes in he gets that league cup it drives them on as a club they suddenly all start believing them what they're doing it you know, the whole Bill Shankly thing you know some of you didn't believe me will you believe me now it gets that momentum going and that's where I think you just kind of you've not missed a trick because you've been beaten by a great side like Neil said so it's one of those things it can happen you're losing to a team who are serial winners in big football matches but it's just such a shame because you think if you get that one over the line, what does it do for the football club? As it happens, we're going in the right direction. So you can't be too downhearted because you come out and think, I mean, I want to watch this Liverpool team every single day. I want to watch them again and again and again. And I still do, regardless of what happened on Saturday night. And you think, the manager we've got, there's a fair bit of recruitment to get right. And I think he knows that. But I think you've got confidence that he can get it right, given what he's done you know, in the last 12 months, two years, two and a half years, etc. It's, for me, Johnny, the, 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 the winning or losing of it is the difference between an absolutely outstanding season and a great one. You know, and I think that's an important thing to say. that It isn't just the, it's not just the points on the board. It's not just having got there. It's also the nature of how you've played, how you've got those points and the future that it suggests to. I mean, it's important that we all, we reflect on it. And this is why I'm, this is why I'm annoyed about all the petitions and all that sort of stuff. Is lads just acting like it hasn't been a great season. This is what a great season is. Exactly. And, uh, you know, all the games that we've watched against, you know, City, Roma and all that, it's all been drama. Everyone loves watching Liverpool. You know, we've become a big, a big showpiece for the, for the world, you know what I mean? So, you can't be too down on Obviously, we're disappointed we, we didn't win the trophy. Because I think, as, as, as Ian said, like, it just gives you that momentum and, and the start of something big, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and, and attracts better players, all the rest of it. But you want to watch them all the time and it's just the difference is you know you get better players on the bench which we, you know we're going to do and we're building and yeah you know, it's exciting for the future so. what, what, we can, what, what we can do though is, is what Ian's touching on there and I've seen it already today and I knew it's coming is, is you start to see the drip feeding 
of negativity now because it's given a small chink of light, a small opportunity for the for the for the shite to drip in from from you know clickbait type organisations. And so you'll get you know oh well, uh, three cup finals lost now. Yeah, yeah, mate. To Real Madrid, to Manchester City, and to Seville. All of them no mugs. All of them serial cup winners. All of them good sides. It's not like it's not like we've got beat by Watford. One on penalties. One on penalties. All different points in Liverpool's sort of progress as well. They're like they're, they're totally different as finals. All three of them. Like basically, as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm going. We've got a good manager. We've got a good squad. We need to spend money, and it looks like we're going to. I'm excited already about next season. I'm excited about what this side's going to do. It's not like they're all about to retire. It's not like they're all about to drop off a cliff. It's not, you know, this isn't some aging side and that was its last hurrah. It's the other way round. It's, it, you know, they've actually done, they've exceeded expectations to get to that final, to have that chance. And they tried their best to take the opportunity, but it wasn't there. Now it's gone and you look for the next one. And I've backed them. I'd back them to get to Madrid next season. I'd back them to get to another cup final next season. I'd back, to, back them to be top three, top two, maybe even going for the title. I'd back them to beat Madrid over two legs. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and why not? Because, all, as I said before, all, all of those lads now have got a greater bit of experience. You're going to see Van Dijk with, with a pre-season in his legs. You know, the front three aren't going to suddenly stop going to score, score goals. They're going to carry on scoring goals. And they're going to have reinforcements. They're going to have lads who can be Mane too. They're going to have another lads in midfield who can be an improvement upon the captain that so many people don't like. So, you know, there's, there's lots and lots to be positive about. And I think us as fans have a duty to keep the story around Liverpool positive, to not allow that shite to drip in, to challenge that crap. You know, we've, got, we've all got access to social media. Journalists are all on there. Get on the backs, get in the face, tell them they're wrong and tell them why. Because why not? Because what you don't want is, is this little, the bubble to be burst. You don't want people to start questioning the manager. Because we've got a good one. And I was made up that that, that clip's gone viral of him celebrating and singing a song at 6am in the morning. Because you know what that says to me? He's gone, OK, that's gone. And we move on to the next thing and let's go. And this is good and I'm enjoying myself. I love being the Liverpool manager. I love this group of lads. I love these fans. And we can go and smash the world and whenever. That's the attitude. I think, as a, as, a, as a set of fans, I think you're right, Robbo, on that. I think, you know, we know, our, we know our stuff. We know our football club. We know what it should look like, what it should feel like. And yet, you know, it feels right at the minute. You know, take, you, know you, you got beat in the final. It happens, you know. The two, the first two finals he gets to, it's not even his team. So, there's extenuating circumstances all along. But, it does feel like something's happening. And I think the manager can point to that, you know, two and a half years, body of evidence to say, we're on the right track here. There's, there's, there's movement in the right right direction. And as a set of fans, you can see that. You can see the way that the football, it, it's different now. It is full throttle. It is that kind of, you know, stuff that gets you off your seat. You know, people are sitting up and taking notice. Johnny mentioned it before, you know, other, other people want to watch this Liverpool team. There's just a little bit of tweaking to get that right. And that tweaking is just, just making that squad a little bit stronger. And there's not much to do, but there are a number of players there who need to come in. There'll be a number who need to leave. And that will happen. We know the ones that we're talking about. Uh, and then we know the ones that Liverpool are identifying. And if they get that right, and I believe they will, and if they get that right, then I still believe now that this Liverpool team challenges Manchester City and takes it much, much closer in terms of league performance next season. There's a, there's a really good sell though there as well. There's a really good sell. You know, we talked and talked and rightly so about Andy Robertson being a lad who, 
you know, was relegated with Hull. He was in the last Champions League final, was sitting having a curry with his mates watching on the telly. This time he's playing in it. You got Trent Alexander Arnold, who's constantly come through, you know, little bad moments and emerged the other side a better player. Obvious improvements. You got Alex Oxley Chamberlain, who turned down Chelsea to come to Liverpool and has looked a better player because of Klopp and because of his team. He's got more out of him already, and we're all absolutely gutted that, that he got that injury. And imagine what an influence he could have been if we if we'd have had him, by the way. So I think now, if you're a player and your agent looking in, you're going, that fella can make me better. That fella can get me scoring goals. That fella, look what he's done with Mo Salah, a good player when he arrives at Liverpool, now looking like a great one. There's loads of tales now around Liverpool that are brilliant ones that I think if you're a player in Europe and you're going, where do I go this summer? And you've got a choice. You all want to work for that fella. That looks great. And, and look at those fans. You know, we've said it before about, you know, like, you do something big for Liverpool, they'll build a statue for you. You'll never, you know, you never have to buy a drink in the city, all that type of stuff. That must get out there. You know, we are, we are mad as a group of supporters and there's not many that can live with us. And loads of other fans hate that. And, and I get why they hate it, because they're not having as much fun as us. That, that day in the park, before we even went into the, into the ground and what watched the football team, what, what a day. Everyone was there, everyone was smiling, the sun was out. You know, what, what other clubs could organise something like that? You know, you're on stage yourself, Neil, you smash it. Red men go up, they have a laugh. You know, you've got Cast up there, you've got the farms up, up there, Peter Root and John, John Power. You've got Jamie Webster up there singing songs, and everyone's absolutely loving it. Smiles everywhere. Absol- and like all, I've looked on social media today with a smile on my face, reading everyone saying, yeah, we lost, but one of them, one of them, I had a, I had a fantastic day, and you can't take that experience away from me. That's what it's about as a fan. Yeah, and I think that that's just what Robbo said there with all the stories, and particularly everything we've seen in, in Kiev. Is, is so much of the positive mood around Liverpool at the moment. I think it's interesting what you mentioned before is if you sort of look at it compared to Manchester United. Manchester United finished second in the league. Liverpool finished fourth. United come runners up in the FA Cup. We come runners up in the Champions League. I think if you ask United fans which season they'd rather have and which sort of almost team they'd rather have, not not necessarily like a team in terms of a squad of players, but in terms of the way that, the way of performing over the season and and the sort of the feeling around the club. Then I think most United fans are swapping with Liverpool. You know, completely because they—they, they, I've, I've got a lot of United fan mates, and I spoke to them after the, after the Seville game, and they're all thinking like, "Well, that's our season over." Because not none of them are really that arsed about the FA Cup. I imagine if they won it, they, they probably start to be a bit more arsed. But with the players they've got and how expensively assembled their squad is, they're, they're expecting everything. They're expecting the world. They don't want to see City win the league. They don't want to be losing to to what's been a lacklustre Chelsea side at Wembley. They want to be getting to places like Kiev and, and seeing the things that Liverpool have seen this season. And Liverpool's league form is obviously obviously a sacrifice of, of coming second in the Champions League. But but we we all take that sacrifice because if if they don't, and Liverpool finish higher in the league and they don't get to Kiev, then we don't get any of these memories that we've had. This season and I can tell you which one I'd rather have. Indeed, gents, indeed, indeed. There's been the transfer links today. They've all come out. Uh, really good piece by Neil Jones for goal. We're going to be looking into that on our gutter show uh, on tour player. We're going to leave this one just to be about this sort of thing. But the one thing I would add to everything else that's been said there is it isn't like this is... It might be difficult to recruit the players you need, but it isn't difficult to draw a picture of what they all look like and where they play. You know, you're not looking at this like there's other clubs. I think who are probably looking at their summers like God, we haven't half got a lot to do, Everton. Uh, but there's <laughs> other there's other sides who, who were able to look at it and sort of go, you know, what? we've got we've got four or five things we need to do, and these are them. And the only thing about the goalkeeper thing is that it throws that really back open, and that's his only real question mark. Everything else, I think he would probably broadly decided on. And, 
all the way through, I think you've seen that sort of consistent logical thought from him since he's come in. You get the impression his plans and his little things as to what he wants and what he thinks it's got to look like, and he obviously moulds it and changes it. But he's, he's, he seems quite focused and quite set. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just just end it really with how much fun have you had? We were on the bus now. We're, we're, we've 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 God knows how many countries we've gone through, John, uh, in and out. But you know the, the bus has been a bit mad. It's been a bit wild. But we've had nights in Berlin, nights in Prague, and uh, 20 minutes in a hotel out, uh, 100 miles outside Kiev. That was a big shower. For everyone, uh, it's 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 most definitely been a, been an adventure. It's it's been fantastic. You know, when it, when it was first put to me that we were driving to Kiev, I was I was a little bit apprehensive. <laughs> to be to be fair, but then Robbo sold me on it, and uh, yeah, it's been like the, as as you said before, like the day in the park was was brilliant. I mean, I, I Josh, all the young lads there. That, that's a memory you're just never going to forget, you know what I mean? So, um, that, that was just brilliant. For me, that was the highlight. Uh, on the trip, the old elephant legs not good, like, um, they all take like, rotisserie kebab at the moment, like, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, apart from that, it's been great. Yes, it's been the absolute time of my life, Neil, and, and one of the things that's, that sort of reoccurred to me throughout this run, speaking to the lads the other day here and their experience about the finals, and you sort, you sort of, you're always wanting that, you're always wanting this, this sort of, this sort of release that, that football gives you, and I think this European Cup run massively for, for lads my age who've not had the chance to properly experience this, and when I say properly experience it, I mean the chance to be there and, and to have a bevy and, and to properly soak it all in, because I was alive, for, I was alive for Dortmund in 2001, I was alive for Istanbul in 2005, I was alive for Athens in 2007, alive for Basel in 2016. Basel is probably the, the one that I could get to experience, but unfortunately tickets tickets meant that I couldn't. But the earlier ones I, I, I watch, I watch as a spectator, but there's, there's not really much more than that. I don't really feel it. Whereas during this run, I've I've, I've felt more relevant than I've ever felt as, as a Liverpool supporter in my life, and that's that's exactly what I want from this. Is, is, is I want these big nights. I want you know all the, all the scenes in the fan park in Kiev where there's pyro and, and everyone's going mad, and, and you've got your own pyro on the stage. This this is exactly exactly what you want as a football fan, and and you know I, and I go back to the Man United fans and. I, and I know that probably shouldn't keep talking about them. Robbo said to me earlier that you know it's, it's bad when you talk about United fans when, when you're not playing them. But the positivity that we've got compared to what they've got this season, they've got the higher league position, but they've not got the fan park in Kiev. They've not got the night in Rome. They've not got the night at Anfield against Roma. They've not got the night in the Etihad. So what have they got? It's just loads of fun in it. The minute I think the players you play for the club would see it as loads of fun. As fans, we see it as loads of fun. I echo what the boys said that the fan park stuff. I mean, I've been to a few finals now, but that's that's up there. It, it might—I mean, forget the result for a minute. Just in terms of the build-up and the actual day itself, I'm not sure I've experienced a better day than that. I thought it was just brilliant from start to finish. And and Johnny's coming before about like, the bus and stuff. There's a few ankle issues knocking about, isn't it? To be honest, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Like, but um, but we've we've we, thrombosis we, and uh, well, deep frayed reds, mate. You know what I mean? Well, we've had, and we, and we, and we we just had the best time, and Johnny said before, you know, the apprehension going into, and I've like said to people, I'm going on a bus, and I'm like, are you going on a bus? Are you, are you, what? But it's been great from start to finish. We've had loads and loads of laughs. Yeah, we've had the odd, the odd little issue as well. We know what they are around the bus and stuff, but it's been great, and I wouldn't have changed any of it apart from the results. And Josh mentioned it there, this is what you're in it for. And you get the impression that under this manager, there's more of these to come, and that's what you want. That's what you, that's what that's what we all live for. That's why we follow football. That's why we want to keep going. That's why we love the Reds, and 
if there's more of these coming our way, then we're a lucky set of fans. It's been it's been boss this journey. Uh, you know, it's been mad. It, it, it is it is wild. People have looked at us and said we're wild for doing this, and that's because we are, and it is. And you know, it, it's you know, what is it, three and a half thousand miles in total, something like that. You know, every schedule that there ever was has gone out the window. Hence the twenty minutes in a motel we're basically meant to be having pretty much a night, at least five or six hours anyway. But we just run in, get a shower, run out again. But you know, it's part of it. There's so many little mini tales around this. It's actually made me change my mind on something. I mean, one of the reasons we've got we've got Joe Campbell with us from uh, Culture City TV, who last minute jumped in and is on is on the bus with us, filming stuff, being filming stuff in and around the stadium and everything else. And the idea was, you know, we win the European Cup, we put out this little tale of our trip, and and people will, will hopefully love it. And then he, the other side of the coin was, if you're a loser, he wants to watch that. He wants to watch that. But you know what? I think we do it. I think we still. <laughs> I, I think we still do it because it's such a mad tale, and there's so many little, you know, little mini stories and stuff like that. And you know, Joe said before, you know, why don't you just all sit down, talk about it? I'll film that, and then we'll throw in clips around what what happened in, in each bit. And I think that's a great idea because honestly, so mad. Um, I mean, I don't even think we can start on this podcast because it's another half an hour at least. You know, the the, the press card alone. Uh, you know, the way the ways our drivers got us over borders and and in mad park and specs right by the stage. But I just wanted to go back. One other thing I wanted to say as well is that all of us have praised the fan park there and it's all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over Instagram. Fans you know and fans you don't, all doing the same, all sharing videos saying what a great day. You know why it was a great day? It was organised by the club that. It was organised by the club and it was organised by the club and people at the club who realise how important the fans of this club are and we've said over and over that they don't care, that it's corporate, that the Yanks, that the this, that they that. We've, we've been quick to moan, so we should be just as quick to praise because they got that right, they got that massively right and they got the right people on stage and they judged the mood right and it was spot on. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy in moments like these to say well at Liverpool Football Club and the people who work for them in making that happen. And, you know, they didn't want... I think a lot of them were outspoken, and rightly so, on Kiev being wrong for Liverpool in so many ways, in terms of flights, in terms of accommodation. They've slammed... Had to go out slammed. I'm like I'm working on the tabloids again. They've had to go out your way for about the ticket prices and stuff like that. People wanted them to intervene and step in, but that's your wafer's problem. That's for your wafer to change there. And I think some of the criticism level that the club was unfair, this is me being an apologist, this is me knowing that there are people working really, really hard behind the scenes, getting stressed, doing their best, wanting to represent fans in a good way and, and taking an awful lot of shit for doing what they're doing. So credit to them for that. Because that fan park was absolutely brilliant and it's one of the best you know, European final build-ups that I've been to. All right then, it's been the Anfield Wrap here in association with Redsbet. Uh, we're on our coach. I hope the static and the madness with the microphones hasn't been too much for you. Uh, it's been mad in my ears, lads. I'm not going to lie to you, but you know we're on the other side of it now. Uh, I hope no, I hope we don't get slammed for the uh, for the for the static <laughs> interference as we've gone right the way through. Um, it's sort of the end of the season in a sense. We're going to be doing all of our. We're going to get through the week. There's going to be nothing from us tomorrow uh, on the 29th because of the anniversary, um, which we've done in years gone past. And then from Wednesday onwards, we're going to start looking ahead to next season. And also next week, we're going to start. Doing 
doing all of our, our reviews and our looks look backs over the season the way in which it's gone um, so I hope you're going to enjoy all of that if you're on with us both with us as, as, as a as a person who doesn't subscribe who doesn't pay the five pounds a month or as someone who just listens regularly uh, the, you're going to be getting a lot of that as well uh, and those of you who do subscribe we're going to be doing a fair bit of that and obviously also we're going to be talking and talking about what Liverpool do next in the transfer market because recruitment is the next thing for Liverpool to do you feel as though everyone is indeed pulling in the same direction that has to include us and it does include us thank you very much to Liverpool for a fabulous season thank you very much to you for listening that has been the Anfield Wrap Sports Social Podcast Network